0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Teenager Therapy. I'm Gael. I'm Thomas. I'm Kayla. And welcome back to the podcast about a very specific issue that I feel like a lot of you probably might get our feelings on. It was funny when we did that poll about (laughs) in the episode about nepotism, kids. One of the polls on the episode was, what's your family income? (laughs) And of course, the majority was on the lower end. Which I think is very relevant to the experiences that we share. And in this case, our experiences with activism and the pressure to do more politically, which I think is very, very heavy on our generation specifically. Because I think a lot of the media portrays Gen Z as this politically savvy, passionate generation, which I think a lot of us are. But that could be a little discouraging when you don't have resources to actually create the change you maybe want to. And there's this, so the feeling I'm talking about is something that I was thinking about recently and that's when you hear about other people your age talking about all of the activism they do or the political contributions they make to kind of, you know, in their democracy and whatnot, in their government. And so they talk about The way they organized this protest or the way they, you know, set up this movement or, you know, got this and this and this and this and this. And what I've noticed is there's this sense of discomfort that I feel when I am around white people talking about their activism. And I can never understand why. And I've been in this situation a couple of times where it's people my age, maybe slightly older, just talking about, you know, like, all the work they've done, all the activism they're involved in, and the work they've done for the causes they believe in. And even though I, like, there's, I have nothing against them, I think it's great, it's helpful, it's, you know, it's pushing for a good cause, there's always this sense of discomfort, I feel uncomfortable, I didn't really know what it was, I almost felt like shame. Um, and I notice every time I'm in one of those conversations, I kind of just get slightly quiet and I'm not really sure what to say. And I didn't know why, because I'm like, I agree with this. Like, there's no problem. They're not saying anything wrong, but I feel weird. And I realized it's because hearing their conversations about all the activism and things they did at a young age, whether it was in middle school, high school, college, or even later in life, it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough, like I haven't done enough, and I didn't do enough, and it's weird, because I feel guilty, I feel guilty that I haven't done as much activism as they have, that I haven't supported the causes by being out there in all of these protests, or all of these organizations being involved, and it is, you know, it does weigh on me, and I'm like, wow, like, they're my age, and they've just accomplished more, they've made more of an impact. But I realized I just didn't have the resources to do as much as they did, nor did I have the support to do what they did. I think as a person of color, it's very easy to feel this pressure to push our community forward, right? Like represent our communities, our heritage, our culture through our activism. But sometimes I think we need to be more patient with ourselves and realize we have a lot of other stuff to worry about. We don't have the privilege, oftentimes, of having the money to do the activism and afford the activism and not having to worry about rent, food, basic necessities. We don't have the support system. You know, our parents, some of them might not speak English. They might have no clue what we're doing. Some of them might be undocumented. And of course, like there's very real legal trouble that comes with activism. And so it's not as easy to just put yourself in this position of, you know, in this vulnerable position um, by making yourself such a visible target, especially politically. And third of all, we just, of course, we just don't have the resources, right? We don't have the mentorship from our parents who might encourage you to go do this. And it's like, how how do you even sue someone? How do you file for discrimination? How do you actually push out these messages? You know, if I switch school, maybe some of us won't have like a car to drive to the next school so now we have to take the bus and there's so many disadvantages that i think we face as plc as low income plc that a lot of rich wealthier white kids don't so it's frustrating when they're the ones that get praised for all of this hard work that i think often makes us feel like we're
1: less than for that yeah um i think being in this podcast, we're in a very unique position where we get invited to speak at panels and these events talking about, like, Gen Z and the change we're bringing and everything. And it's always us and, like, other white kids. I feel like it's always... We're always the minorities in the um room. And... I don't know. I feel like the praise that we get is not equal to the praise that other white kids our age who are doing like activist work are getting. Um, And it's very often that a lot of these kids um, when I say kids like I mean like our age, but that's just that's just the term I'm using. Don't worry. Um, but a lot of these um people our age activates our age um they had the resources, like I always said, they came from wealthy parents, their parents gave them a job at a company, or they were just set up and obviously not to disregard the work that they are doing. I'm not saying that privilege takes o- takes anything away from what they've done, but it's just interesting to think about the disparities between choosing activism as a career and being able to just do anything to change the political climate when you're in that position, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, there's a very big difference between choosing activism and being forced into it. Yes. Oh, my God. Perfectly said. That's what I was trying to say.
2: Yeah, but a lot of these, like, white people are are the face of these campaigns and movements, and when you're somebody that's also experienced something similar to them, but necessarily didn't have the resources, you're, in a way, forced to look up to them in a way that, like... I should have done that and it's it sucks because even though both people experience the same thing or something similar it's just not the outcome wasn't necessarily the same and so that's kind of a slap in the face sometimes. yeah <laughs> and
1: it always feels weird because they're almost just benefiting from our trauma and like the discrimination that we're facing they're Mm -hmm. posting about this and doing all this but they've will they will never truly understand the experience of that yet they are, are getting invited to panels they're getting flown out to these places to talk about it and i don't know i would really like to just see more people of color that are doing there are a lot of people of color just doing the same amount of work who aren't getting the same praise and i i don't know yeah okay well i think
0: for me my biggest you know thought on this topic is i don't want this to come across as a critique of the work that a lot of white activists are doing yeah Yeah. because that's definitely not what i'm saying i don't have an issue i think a lot of them are doing important work that's necessary. And yeah, they're using their privilege yeah. for good.
1: And they're taking the
0: step that a lot of other people aren't taking. Yeah. So, so I fully... It's a great thing. Because they can't. Yeah. So I fully yeah. support them. This episode to me is more about my own feelings on it. It's just it's not our experience. It's yeah. just the... You know... Yeah. It's just me talking about my own frustrations with it that unfortunately does come from a result of generations of privilege that these white kids have been offered that we haven't. So now, you know, I kind of have to force and force to deal with these emotions that they probably never will. And so it is frustrating because I think the biggest my biggest thought on this issue is that I want to help my community, I want to give back to my community, I want to be there making change and doing all of this great activism work that so many white kids are doing, and it makes me sad that I can't, but also I shouldn't blame myself because I know I have so many more things to worry about that they don't have to, I can't afford to do like unpaid work, you know, not-for-profit work, charity work, I can't do any any of that. As much as everyone else can. And so. There's a lot of guilt with that. There is guilt that I feel. But I am trying to be more patient with myself. And just you know. Understand that it's fine. Like we're all kind of dealing with different stuff. Um, But it does make me feel weird. I, I do really dislike it. Especially because I mean like. Of course, I think what gets the most attention when you're young is if you're involved in some sort of political messaging. That will get you a lot of media attention very quickly. Um So it's odd when I when I see like a lot of these white kids benefiting from like you said the the trauma, the experiences of POC. It it sucks that we because of the issues they cause, we can't really create that change as much as we want to so so now we're dealing with the guilt of it
2: all yeah
1: (laughs) like it's like a white person is speaking for us and i know it's not their intention and it might just be me seeing it that way but i know i feel that sometimes
2: and i think a lot of times i mean at least for me like from my own personal experience when it was like middle school you know somebody basically like just touched me inappropriately my first initial reaction was not to start a campaign (laughs) it was not not even tell my parents i was not thinking about telling the principal suing the school or anything my first thought was just like okay like that's it you know and so i think just the thought process of Two very different people when something traumatic happens to them is so distinct because obviously the person with the resources is like well I can tell my mom and they're gonna take care of it and they're gonna do this because their parents are educated if I tell my parents they're they're not gonna do anything and I don't blame them for that because I didn't want to do anything and I think another part of that is just like our voices aren't heard as much and they aren't taken as seriously. So Yeah. Yeah. It's It's like they only it's only taken seriously when it comes from like a credible source, you know? And mm-hmm. who do they look to for that? White people. Like.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Basically.
0: Yeah. There's just I've talked about this before, but there's just that weird and uncomfortable <sighs> type of conversation you have um like in my example, the experience of being you know at at this dinner and then with one other young person there and then a bunch of older adults um majority of them being white, me and the other person with like the other two p o c and you know it's me and then this white kid and it's just so interesting like the ways we even are forced to tell our stories and our narrative of what what we do and why we do it it sometimes feels a little fake even fr- from me because it's like you know when someone asks you like wow like what are your what are your goals what do you want to accomplish in this world what's your dream it's like you know, in my experience, in this, you know, personal experience, this other white teen activist is like, well, you know, democracy, this political, this, like all these political goals that I have in mind to change this through activism. And it's just like, of course, that's met with like praise. I'm like, whoa, like, that's so impressive. it Like, it's amazing. You have these goals that you set for yourself. Like, that's incredible. And for me, like, The very, like, my biggest goal is just to be able to support my family financially. Like, that's a good first goal for me to have that's already difficult enough to achieve is financial freedom, financial stability at the bare minimum. So, of course, I'm not focused on these like higher goals yet, even though I wish I could be. And it's funny that I think as PLC, we have to just lie and tell this fake story sometimes to get praise for it like oh my goal is to change this and this and this it's like yeah of course that's a goal but that's not really like my immediate goal you know like that's not what I want to do right now in this moment but it feels like I have to say that like I can't just be honest and genuine about what I'm actually trying to do because when they asked me that question, you know, they asked both of us, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, all these political things. He's like, what do I want? What do you want to do? And I was like, you know, I could have said like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I want to change like the mental health space. I want to offer teens more of that and this. Like, I'm sure that would have got a better response. Like, I'm sure that would have been impressive and it would have sounded good and it would have been just like, well, you're doing so much. But at the end of the day, I decided to just be honest. Like, honestly, like my goal is to get my family out of poverty and then help my community. And I was like, "Oh, cool."
2: It's always met with like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay. yeah, you got right. this." <laughs> they
1: don't know like well how to respond to that. It's yeah. something they can't even comprehend, really.
2: And then they don't—they don't try to help you with your goal. They only yeah. help the other person.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: like, okay, that's nice to know. Noted. Exactly.
0: So, so, I think I just hope you know if you're a POC, you don't feel guilty for not doing enough. You don't feel guilty for not being the most politically aware savvy person who's constantly going to protest and doing all this activism and getting involved with these organizations because sometimes you just don't have the mental capacity for it at the moment and that's fine you're busy worrying about other stuff like you really can't sometimes and it's out of your control Yeah. yeah you have school you have to worry about money about what career you want sometimes you have to support your parents your younger siblings you don't have all the resources and all the support that these white kids have, all these privileged kids have. So yeah. I really hope you don't feel guilty. I hope you don't feel bad about yourself. I hope you don't beat yourself up. Is Give it's yourself your a fault. lot of patience.
1: And again, just to reiterate, no hate towards these white kids doing yeah. activism work. Like
2: Somebody has to do it.
1: Yeah, and it's great. They're using their privilege for good. Mm-hmm. It just sucks that we... Can't afford the same privilege yes. as them, but, but thank you. They are doing good. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I really hope, like <laughs> I know we are we, not bashing. We have repeated this please. like several times, yeah. and I swear, if someone takes this the, the wrong yeah. way, um, mm-hmm. it's gonna be upsetting. But yeah, I mean,
2: and you know, if you are an activist, maybe try to share your platform with like underrepresented voices. Yeah, that'll go a long way. But again, yeah. thank you mm-hmm. for everything
1: and events like if i mean i don't think any any big company or whatever like festival or what whatnot are going to be listening but try to avoid having so many white panelists and white speakers Mm -hmm. come to these things there are a bunch of voices out there that deserve to be heard you just have to like literally it's as easy as a google search you know, it's it's that easy. Yeah. There is something odd about seeing
0: white kids that are, you know, they're doing the work. They're doing some work, which I think is good. But was that really, like, is this person the one that's the most impactful? Like, what are the odds they're also white, young, maybe have connections somehow I would say there's always someone you can highlight that's probably a POC low income that somehow throughout all the challenges they faced managed to still do some sort of activism work and make a real change in their community. So why not highlight them, right? Like I think that's a lot more impactful and it just makes more sense. Like w- why highlight the bare minimum when POC have gone through so many more so much more adversity oftentimes? Yet they still manage the way to persevere, you know? It's that same thing that, like, a lot of white kids get praised for the bare minimum, but PLC have to be extraordinary to be highlighted. Mm -hmm.
2: And I think people, a lot of times, they just look at the outcomes of things. You can compare two different people from two different backgrounds, and they'll just see the outcomes. You know, they'll see, like, this person made this and this and this, and the other didn't, but they don't take into consideration Everything that's going on the circumstances that they just allow them to do that much. They just take everything at face value, so they just go with the one that has the higher accomplishments. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Small, little mini rant about activism.
1: Yeah, something that's not talked uh, about a lot, but
0: conversation had to be had. mm -hmm. Yeah. Just be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Um, I think a lot of successful p o c are oftentimes pressured into giving back as soon as they even get any sort of success or stability um but i I think I definitely think we all need to start being a little bit more patient, like you know
2: it's okay to take care of yourself first
0: yeah, exactly. That's perfectly fine. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.